I know that's what this pandemic has been about. God, you're moving and shifting, Lord, uh, circumstances around, Father, Lord, for your church to step in to the darkness, Father. Lord, help us to be that people. We love you and pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, you may be seated. Thank you, Pastor John and praise team. Man, I'm really hoping soon we can dismiss kids again back to the new kids' room. It's getting close. It's getting close. So we're not quite there yet. Um, and uh, there's going to be uh, some work days needed ahead to start moving stuff and finishing stuff to, to get that project done. But if you haven't peeked your head in there, you can, at the, after the service, you can socially distancing, sneak your head in there and go take a look at it. So um, the, our, our Berean group has been meeting in there, and I was really disappointed. I thought they'd be sitting Indian style in the circle in the children's room, but they said if they did that, they would have to have help getting up. So they, at least that's what Gloria said. So I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, but anyways, that, that's coming. Also, uh, you saw as you walked into the building, there's places to, to drop your offering off. We're also doing that online through our, uh, through our website and, and you, you know, those instructions. Um, I don't have to blast those instructions out. As uh, we have a budget meeting this afternoon after worship uh, in the fellowship hall with the finance committee, it's the type of year we're already getting a budget ready for next year, and uh, in March and April, we actually saw a 25% increase in giving over last year in the middle of the pandemic, and uh, that's God moving, and, and we, we say thank you uh, together uh, for his faithfulness through, through you and through us together. Uh, this morning... Um, it'll be a little bit different of a sermon than what I typically preach, uh, quite topical, uh, and uh, we're not going to go camp out uh, in a particular verse or a particular narrative. Uh, I, I don't often do that, but we're going to talk about God's calling this morning. Uh, does God call? Um, I, I know that if you've spent much time in a church, you've probably heard that phraseology that God's called me to do this or God's called me to do that. And we're going to talk about how do you understand God's calling. Now, I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about ways that we don't hear God's call. We got to start there. Uh, but, you know, we, God has given us uh, his revelation in his word. And, um, you know, that, that's the primary way that God speaks through his Holy Spirit, but also through this word. That's the primary place it is. And we have his revelation. You've heard me preach and talk about general revelation versus special revelation. Uh, you know, God speaks through nature. Scripture makes it clear through that there no one is without excuse to not believe in God because of the divine attributes we see in this beautiful creation. That's a general sense of how he, he reveals himself, but he's also given us his word. That's the special revelation of God to know specifically what he is calling us to do and focus on. Now, there's, there, is a, there is something more, though, um, as we are trying to live in covenant together to understand and interpret, what is God calling me to do? Where do I fit in this? Does God speak to just how I'm supposed to operate in the church, or does God specifically call me in a direction of vocation? And, and I think the answer is yes to all those questions. God will speak to us individually and through his word. And he also will affirm what he's calling us to do through his people. 
Um, but there are so many things that happen in order for us to clearly hear from him. Because in our original design, in a fallen nature, um, it, it, that, that's the whole point. There is a barrier between us and God to not have relationship, but also to hinder the communication. We can't hear him. And, and so, though the veil has been torn, and if we have a relationship with Christ and we have his spirit, uh, then you know, that, 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 that barrier has been done away with. But there's a problem. Sometimes we like to go back to where we were before. Or, or you know, we, we do it over time. I mean, heck, this, this pandemic has separated us from, here, from a lot of our small groups. Uh, I mean, I don't know how long the Faith Sunday School group has been meeting and praying together and studying together. Decades, right? Okay, decades. And I don't know if, you know, in the history of First Baptist Church, the faith group hasn't been able to meet. However, though, I am confident they have been the most consistent group. They've still been communicating and still been studying the word together, even from their homes. Um, but it, it, it's hard sometimes whenever we go through these circumstances. And so this morning, I'm just going to kind of give some general direction on hearing God's call. Now, I want to start off by saying if we're going to hear God's call, here's the, just the short of it. If we're going to hear God's call, we have to realize it means that we stop living for yourself, okay? Stop living for yourself and listen for God's calling for himself. Does that make sense? We're not living this life for me. We're stopping that and we're listening for how we live for him. There's no way you're going to hear God's calling if you're trying to just make it very personal, okay? And, and if I use the word very selfish sometimes, even if it's, you need something real specific, and God wants us to approach him that way. But I'm, I'm concerned that there's so much of what happens in Christianity in, our, in the Western culture, it's all about me. And it's not about what God is doing and how I work into that. Because I want to tell you, there's blessing and there's satisfaction in that. Um, I won't go into all of it, but I recommended a, a, a Netflix on Facebook, I never, a documentary. I've never done that before, but... It made the beautiful point how there's, there's calling and there's blessing whenever we are obedient to what Christ calls us to do. But it's not always what looks great on the earth. There was an amazing blessing that, good, I'm not sure what was happening behind me, but Dave was on it. So, but, you know, I mean, we think about one of the first deacons. We called three new deacons last week. It was a great morning. But one of the first deacons had the privilege of being called and blessed to be persecuted to the point of death. Now, that doesn't fit into a lot of this mindset of, I want to know what God's call is for me, so he'll bless me, make me great. It's not about making you great, but there's still blessing in that. I mean, Stephen looked up and got to see Jesus at the right hand of the Father stand up to bless his calling in his, in his ministry. And guys, what we do on this earth for him it's just a, just a nanosecond of what, it's, what we're going to do for him and his kingdom in heaven someday as that kingdom's literally brought here under the earth. But we have to start with that perspective. We see, though, some things not to do in Scripture. In Jeremiah chapter 8, I'm not going to pull it all on the screen. There's, we're going to cover so much Scripture. But, man, we see a lot of times in the prophets, and this is one of the major prophets, they call Isaiah and Jeremiah major prophets just because their book's so big, okay? It doesn't elevate or minimize the other prophets. 
but we see some examples of, of, of what it's like for a people to, to think they are pursuing God, but they're completely missing the boat. It, it, we, we see in, in Jeremiah chapter 8 is just some of these references, if you want to mark that down. But, you know, calamity came to Israel because the people had abandoned him and no longer heard his voice. And they wanted to hear his voice, but they, they were not. In verse 8, uh, it says that, that, that though they had his law and his word, the scribes had misled them. And, and they, they weren't hearing from him any longer. In verse 14, um, it says that basically they felt God had abandoned them. But it says there in the scripture, no, God didn't abandon him. God says, you abandoned me. That's why you can't hear me any longer. In verse 18 and 24, it describes how God is grieved and how he is heartbroken because of this, because of the people's sin. I mean, these adjectives, I mean, to see that, that God is grieved and heartbroken. We know what it means to grieve. We know what it's like to be heartbroken. And whenever we are out of connection with God and we're out of fellowship with Him and and we're not living for Him, it, it grieves His heart. It's called sin. That's what that's called. And so... We have to understand that sin handicaps our ability to hear from God, and we must consistently live in covenant with him in order to hear from him. And then whenever we do hear from, from him, we must answer as he's calling us. Now, um, I use that word covenant with intentionality. Basically, what does that mean? Just, just, on, just on cookies in the bottom shelf. You know, I need that. It's just basically living in relationship, Okay. Close to God. And, and we have to stay close to him. And we'll, we're going to flesh that out more in just a bit. This isn't a, you know, a, a major, major sermon, a lot of light bells, but we need to be reminded of this often, I believe. So just scripture tells us clearly God does call. Do you believe that God calls? Do you believe that God calls us to, to response to something? Scripture's clear in this. We see this in, in Genesis chapter 3. Whenever Adam and Eve are in clearly relational covenant with, with God, but sin puts a barrier, and it says that God came down and he called out to Adam, where are you, where art thou, Adam? Okay? It's not that God didn't know and he lost his ability to be all-knowing, but, it, but it's that there's a, there was a the separation and there's this division that, that God does not want, and he was calling Adam, what, to come back. Come back into a relationship. But clearly we see there, we see in John chapter 6, verse 44, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It says the Father draws people to himself. It says in the book of 1 Corinthians that no one calls Jesus Lord but by the Holy Spirit. God is calling we see clearly, we see in the book of Acts in chapter 6 uh, or chapter 9, this, this is just the, the story of, of the old man Saul that was made new. And he got, even got a new name named Paul whenever he was out literally persecuting and putting to death Christians. Uh, God blinded him by that light. You remember, we, you, know, you remember this story? And it says in verse 4, falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God was calling him. To himself. So God, God calls the sinner to repentance. God calls the sinner to repentance. He's, and, and I think this is really important. The fact that we are disobedient sinners is what divides us from God. 
But in order for us to first hear him and be drawn back to him, he doesn't call us for obedience. He calls us to repentance. He calls us to acknowledge what sin is and turn to him and ask for his help because there's literally no way we can do it. But I'm going to make an assumption here. It's probably never safe to make this type of an assumption, but I'm going to make the assumption that most people in here, if not everybody, but most people in here, would, would, would believe and claim that they know the true gospel and they have responded to this, to this call of repentance and they've asked Christ to, 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 to do that work for them and they've wanted to repurpose their life. But there's another type of calling that happens. God calls the sinner who's separated from God to repentance, but then God calls his children who are saved to obedience and mission. Now notice that. He doesn't call lost sinners to obedience. First he calls you, because there's no, there's no way you can be obedient enough to get right with God. That's what I love. That's what I love about the, about the Christian gospel. Okay? I mean, that, that, that's what's been so powerful here in our church over the last several years. I mean, we've seen so many people come to faith, and we've seen people come and be baptized. Because we're, a church is not about calling people to get their stuff together. It's a bunch of people that need God to help them get their stuff together, calling and showing there's a way. There's a way out here. There's a help here. Let me show you that way. But, but I do tell you, I do want you to know, we are called whenever we do come to faith in Christ. Then he begins to change us. And he does call us to obedience. But not just that. It's also mission, obedience and mission, obedience and mission. You can't miss that. That's why God calls us, period. And sometimes God will change our vocation. Sometimes God will change our external circumstances, either to make them better or to make them worse. But if we're listening and calling, we will recognize it's about him wanting to change and manipulate and write things in us, but also to call us into more effective mission for him. And that mission is to share the gospel. That, that mission is to take his word out. That, that mission is to, is to, is to, to break cycles of, of, of sin and calamity. Uh, it's, it's also what I love. You don't have to have your family perfectly oriented and your circumstances perfectly right to be used by God. But when you come into relationship with him, he's got a plan to set it right. For a purpose to make him famous, but also for you to be an example to those that don't have it Right. And guys, that's why we have an invitation here every week. We have even tried to have an invitation, even doing this on Facebook, okay? It's, boy, it's been hard. But why always an invitation? It doesn't say in, in Matthew chapter, you know, you know, chapter 47, there's not 47, but it doesn't say, and thou shalt have an invitation every Sunday, okay? It, it doesn't tell us that. But I believe that God calls us. And we, every, every time we, we proclaim God's word together, there's an opportunity for us to hear from him, and there's an opportunity for us to answer his call. So God does call. But the next big point is that God will stop calling to you if you ignore him. I don't know if you believe that or not. Do you believe that God will stop calling to you? And some of you know what God's calling to you already is. What, what, what is he calling you? I mean, maybe you don't know, but maybe you haven't done anything about his calling. You haven't sought help. You haven't you know, confessed, gone through confession. I don't know what it is for you, but God, I mean, Scripture's pretty clear. I'm going to give you a couple quick points. And in, in Genesis chapter 6, you know, this, this is the, the flood narrative, but basically I love, you know, you've got to read all the Scripture. Did you know that Peter, the apostle Peter, talked about Noah? 
How did he describe Noah? He said he was a preacher of righteousness. He wasn't just building a boat to save all the animals. That is not why God had Noah build a boat, okay? That was a part of the plan. But for 120 years, Noah preached repentance. He preached righteousness. He was calling people to change. It says the days were dark. In fact, the Bible describes what when it gets so bad that Jesus is going to come back and, and the final actions will happen here on the earth. It says it's going to be even worse than the days of Noah. It's describing how awful it was back then. But, but after 120 years, God said he was done. Boy, that's hard. That's hard. That doesn't always preach so friendly in some of our churches maybe. But guys, there's a time when God will say, I've had enough. Because his righteousness demands it. And we pray and we serve as a church saying, God, hold it back. Hold it back. Hold it back. Keep them. Preserve them. We're going to go with, take this gospel to them. But there's a time when he will hold back. In, 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 in Romans chapter 1, famous chapter in the Bible. You should go jump into it sometimes. This is the text that it does speak to to same-sex marriage or homosexuality, but that's not the, the, the whole of that part, of that, of, that, of that text. It basically says there comes a time whenever man is so disobedient to responding to God that God will finally just let you go your own way. He's been holding you back, holding it back, but finally he says, okay, I'm going to give you all that you want. This is the outcome of it is how it describes. But God's calling. He wants us to answer God is calling, uh, and, and, and he won't wait forever, but he's calling for salvation. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Have you allowed him to intervene? Is there, is there sin that you've been holding back and hiding, thinking that, I know God knows everything, but he doesn't want me to deal with this. God wants you to be clean with him. He wants you to be obedient and be on mission. God is calling you to confession. He calls us to confession. Are there things that are there, 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 there are cycles of sin that, that you need help with? God is calling. And you're, it's, what, what's frustrating is there's so many people, I've, even me for a while in my life, where I couldn't even begin to understand the calling that God had for me because I was stuck not really wanting to deal with the, the, the initial calling of, of just coming clean, needing help. Do you have something you need help with? Confession. Is there life change is their vocation. Um, guys, there's, a, there's an epidemic, not a pandemic, but an epidemic, in, at least in the United States, really around the world, but especially in the United States. The number of churches that are closing uh, in this land every year is startling. And a major issue is there are not enough men to, to serve there, to be pastors. There's not enough men answering that call to vocational ministry. I'm going to get in just a bit to kind of my story about what that looked like for me. But there is enough people here in our faith family that perhaps God is calling you. God is calling you to set your life aside for his purpose, to serve in vocational ministry, to be a missionary. I don't know what it is. I was in a church that a lot of people, where I, where I kind of really grew up in my faith, I don't call it my church home, but where I grew up and I first met Rachel, if you ask Rachel, it was kind of a mess. There was always a bunch of weird stuff happening, a bunch of weird people there, kind of like this church, you know, people with accents, no. But man, I, you know what, I, I, there's about six pastors that got called out of that church in about a five-year period. That's awesome, but we need to see more of that. We need 
though, to steal the chaos in our life. Live in, in covenant relationships so we can hear his call. I just want to ask you, have you uh, responded to God's call? Or is there something that you need to respond to? Um, God's discipline and God's lo- is, is God's love for us to listen to him. <sighs> if we do not, irreparable harm will come to us. Proverbs 29.1 says, One who becomes stiff-necked after many reprimands will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. Let me read that text again. One who becomes stiff-necked after many reprimands, warnings, calling out stupid, ignores it, will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. Um, I don't know if you have this issue. Uh, more than once I've been in, in the house whenever the kids didn't know it, and I would hear Rachel call out to them to do something. And I'll hear some, you know, some disobedience or like, or ignoring mom or a little, some, they'll say something that they would never say to me. And it surprises me. And I got good kids. You know my kids. But boy, they, I'm known as the hammer in the house, okay? And whenever I hear that, sometimes I step out and I have to discipline my kids because I love my kids. Uh, I remember, I've shared this story before, but I want to just share some examples. Perhaps if God's calling you, maybe you'll recognize it. Sometimes God will intervene in this discipline with a plan to get your attention to something. It's always going to be about obedience to him and his mission. Okay, It doesn't mean everyone's going to be called to be pastor or called to go somewhere, but whenever I was in my last church, um, I was living in Fort Worth, and we were in Middle Othian, serving in a church there, and I was working as hard as I can. And uh, my wife, who's a good driver, I have way more speeding tickets than, than she does. Okay, I've taken defensive driving way more times. I don't think she's ever taken defensive driving. Maybe once. Maybe I made her do it one time because I didn't want the insurance to go up. This is years ago. But she had two car wrecks in six weeks. I remember talking to my insurance agent. He says, man, you need to is your wife okay? <laughs> and I said, I don't think it has anything to do with my wife. And after that second wreck, I thought, man, there's something going on here. God is moving somehow. So we just stopped and began to intentionally pray. And guys, it, it wasn't three weeks. And we knew God was calling us here. Sometimes God will intervene in ways like that to get our attention. Now, um, We've been serving in ministry together now for nearly 20 years. I will never forget this. Um, first off, too, guys, if you sense God is calling and you're, and you're, you're not sure what it is to, um, or maybe you do, you're thinking, man, I'm not ready for that. It's going to take all this change. It's going to take all this preparation. I hear something I've heard it said over and over, and I came across it this week. And I apologize for the topical nature of this sermon. Normally I stay plugged into the text, but God uh, does not call equipped people. God equips people that are called. And I remember, uh, I think it was eight, 19 years ago, 19 and a half years ago, um, I was going for a walk in the bluffs. It's, it's a really nice neighborhood on the southwest side of San Angelo. Rachel was, was house-sitting a really nice house for some folks in our church. We were dating, and I remember walking at night holding hands. It's a big deal because Rachel, Rachel, you know, we, she, she was hard, to, hard for me to, get, to catch, but we were get, I was getting to hold her hand. It was a big deal. Young people, it took me six weeks to hold her hand, 
It took me six months to get a, a kiss. Uh, she did it the right way. We were walking, holding hands one night, and God had put something heavy on my heart. I'd heard him calling. And I said, Rachel, um, i got to talk to you. I was real nervous. The last time I got nervous about this, I told her what a rotten scoundrel I was whenever I was in high school. And I was really nervous she was going to say, I'm done with you, buddy, when she heard about all my stuff. She didn't, though. And I, and I was nervous like that again. I said, Rachel, I said, God has called me to ministry. I know he's calling me. And, and uh, this Sunday, I, I'm going to go make it, make it public at the church. And she squeezed her hand, and she said, I'm so glad. She said, because God called me to be a pastor's wife about four years ago, and I was afraid I was going to have to dump you because I didn't know if you were called. But, man, I mean, I, really, I had no idea. She had never shared that. She was praying and waiting. But when we said yes, boy, it's been an adventure. And whenever you get to that place of being able to hear God's call and you start walking in obedience, focusing on mission, it's, it's a ride. It's a ride. It's been a ride here. That leads me uh, to something uh, very important i got to tell you about this morning. God um, has called me and my family to another church. Next Sunday, um, we will not be here with you. We will be in San Angelo, Texas, at Emmanuel Baptist Church, which is my home church where I grew up. And I will be preaching in view of a call. Um, I have uh, told our deacons, I've shared it with our lay pastors, I've talked to many of you individually. I'm sorry I haven't got to everybody. Uh, time just has not permitted. But we sense that God is calling us. I want to take just a few moments to tell you about that, okay? Um, the church where I grew up, is a very strong, was, was a very strong church and prominent on the north side of San Angelo. Um, they were running right around 500 people, uh, a, a missional church about 15 years ago. Now they're right around 200. Uh, three years ago, they lost 40% of their congregation, all the young people left. There's been struggles. And there's not a strong gospel church in, on uh, the north side of San Angelo. And about six months ago, when I heard the pastor was resigning, I reached out to them to encourage them to do the intentional interim program that First Baptist did before I came. I put them in contact with James McLaughlin, encouraging them to take that route because I knew there's a lot of lost people on the north side of San Angelo, and they, they need a strong church. And um, that, that has led to this. That has led to this. And um, it is something that, that is not, we have not taken it lightly. Um, I've always given Rachel veto power on everything that we've ever done. Uh, that means that if she says no, that means we're done. And um, it took several weeks um, for us to both be on the same page, that we feel like this is what God's calling us to do. So next Sunday, I'll, I will be going to confirm if that's what God is calling us. The church in San Angelo has to vote to call us. Um, but if that happens uh, in a strong fashion, then I will come back and give my resignation. Um, but here's what I want you to know about that. God's calling is good. If God is calling us to another church, that means God is going to call another pastor here. And, and what God has done here will not stop. And, and as I know, some of you are probably in shock or sad. Um, some of you might be 
inwardly excited. I don't know. I uh, hope it's excited because you see God's moving, not just because I'm leaving. Um, uh, you know, if, if God has drawn you here and God has worked here, if you're not following a man, I'm going to tell you, it's good. But maybe, maybe you're here for other reasons. This morning, though, I want you to, to understand what God's calling is. Um, I had to do this to the last church that I was at, and it was gut-wrenching. Um, I've had other churches call me since I've been here, but it's like, nope, 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 no, I, there's no way. This is not God's calling. I told many of you, and probably when I stood up here, that Jay reminded me of this, that we were, felt like we, want, we wanted to be here for all of our ministry, and I, I was sincere in that. But if God calls, we must answer, just like you do. Uh, so I want you to know what's going on, uh, Jeff. Guys, would you come up here? Jeff Geis is our chairman of deacons, and um, Jeff is going to share with you. Uh, I'm going to turn Mike 3 on. What, um, what are the next steps if, in fact, I do resign uh, to leave? Okay. Um, uh, first business is uh, next Sunday. Uh, Dr. David Hardridge will uh, be here to, uh, be to, to bring God's word next Sunday. And then after church, we'll have a, uh, a business meeting to discuss how we're going to move forward. And as I just echo just exactly what Ryan said, um, if, if the Lord is calling Ryan to San Angelo, then he's already preparing somebody else's heart to come here and lead our church. And uh, I would ask for your prayers, not only for, you know, what all's going on in our country, and, but just pray for our church. And, and that's how we need to move forward is just to start to pray and prepare our hearts. And as we can move forward to, uh, to find who that person is that the Lord's preparing for us. Thank you, Jeff. And I, I want to ask you specifically to be praying for Jeff. Um, Jeff is not someone that likes to be in the spotlight, but every time he gets asked to do something, it turns into something big. Uh, and uh, he, he, uh, he'll help navigate our church uh, through these next steps. Um, it feels like for Rachel and I, it feels like that we're having a new baby, but it also feels like we have a really close relative that's passing away. That's just the emotions that we're going through. Uh, and so uh, I want you to know that we love you, and we're praying for God's will for us, for Emmanuel, but we're also praying for you. Um, and, and it's so important to me um, that, that you hear God's call through this. And it's important that you're on your knees praying for this process. Um, uh, in fact, as I was standing here worshiping just a moment ago, I said another prayer to God. I said, God, if you were saying no, <laughs> tell me now, and we'll shut this process down right now. And because uh, I want what God wants, I don't want what Ryan wants, and and, and I feel you're the same way. Let's have prayer. Um, and uh, though it might be tough, we're going to have an invitation. And if God has called you somehow, or for some reason to respond to His call this morning, don't let my news or what we announced overshadow what God is calling you to do. In fact, I remember a story that Jay shared with me. Uh, as him and Julie came to this church, and they were here just a short time. Um, Jay felt like it was God's call to, to kind of get a young adult Sunday school going. 
And he went and taught, I think, was it one time, Jay? And then pretty, pretty quickly, and the next thing you know, the pastor resigned. And he thought, oh, man, this is about the whole church. <laughs> we need men like Jay to step up this time. Jay doesn't mean Jay's going to step up, have to step up the same way. But there's more people here that need to respond to God's call for the life of our church as we go forward. And, and, but we feel like it's in, in, in fabulous hands for that next step. Let's pray. John, would you come up? And we're going to have an invitational song. If God's calling you to respond in the invitation, uh, I'll be at front. Maybe it's just to come and pray. Maybe it's to stand where you're at. But if you need to come and talk and pray, uh, uh, we're going to set social distancing aside for God to work. Father, I just uh, come to you. Father, as you know, I have much. Uh, Lord, not wanting to face this hour. Uh, Father, because of the news that I would deliver, Father, to my friends. But, Father, I do want to celebrate, Lord God, your movement, and Lord, and not just in my life, but in the life of this church. And, Father, I ask clearly for your direction. Father, I ask clearly, God, that you would make your will known, Father, as to what is supposed to happen here. But, Father, the whole purpose of us gathering, the whole purpose of your church, Father, and, Lord, is to call broken people, Father, and show them, Lord, how to be well. Father, people that are lost and aimless, God, to give them direction. And, Father, I pray as we, Lord, just take a moment, Father, to, um, to ask for your, Lord, your, your calling to be clear to those that are in this room. Lord, maybe folks are realizing, Lord, that they have become far from you. And, Lord, they need to confess. Father, maybe folks realize, well, they've never had that relationship with you, Lord, that is needed to even be able to hear from you, Lord. They don't have the gospel. If there's anyone here, Father, that is feeling lost and separated, God, I pray that you call them clearly. And, Lord, allow them to take the opportunity to respond. Uh, But, Father, I do pray, God, that your spirit, Father, would give our church a sense of peace and direction. Father, thank you for the men that you have put in place here, for the families, for the ministry team leaders. Lord, you have provided much for First Baptist Mason. And, Lord, I know your call will not stop, Father, even if personnel changes, God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us now. Stand on your feet. If God has called you somehow to respond this morning, uh, you come. You come and respond to him. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song. Of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. Cause I'm no longer a slave to fear, and I am a child of God. Cause I'm no longer a slave to fear And I am a child of God From my mother's womb You have chosen me And love has called my name And I've been born again into your family. 
Your blood flows through my veins Cause I'm no longer a slave to fear And I am a child of God Cause I'm no longer a slave to fear And I am a child of God You split the sea so I could walk right through it My fears were drowned in perfect love You rescued me so I could stand and sing That I am a child of God You split You split the sea so I could walk right through it My fears were drowned in perfect love You rescued me so I could stand and sing That I am a child of God Cause I'm no longer a slave to fear And I am a child of God Father God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your promises, Lord, and Lord, thank you for how you move, Father, Lord, how you, Lord, speak to your people, Father, Lord, you equip your people, and Father, we get to see, Lord, the, Lord, the manifestation, Father, of your work in your church, God. Lord, I'm grateful, Father, for, um, Lord, for the family that we were able to baptize last week, Father, for the new deacons to ordain, and Father, Lord, for the, the watching of your movement, Father, in the middle of a chaotic time, Father, we know, Lord, in relationship with you, Father, Lord, there is peace. And there is stillness, Father. I pray that our people this morning and our faith family, God, would sense your presence and your peace, Father. And even in the uncertainty, Father, and circumstances in our church, God, Lord, we are confident, Lord, that you have a plan. And it is good for your kingdom and it is good for us as we walk in obedience and focus on your mission. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm going to ask Wyatt. And uh, Mike Shields, we're going to do our best to practice social distancing. I know sometimes it doesn't always work out, but Wyatt and Mike, if you all would start at the back, and we'll dismiss row by row, and, uh, and we'll close with a song. And uh, I'm so glad you were all here this morning. We're going to be hanging around, Rachel and I, if you want to visit. Uh, I know that we are looking forward to it. I know that our kids are excited because uh, the poor Emily has not been able to talk to anybody about this for quite some time, and she's looking forward to it. But we love you. And we're looking forward to talking to you again real soon. Cause I'm no longer a slave to fear. And I am a child of God. Cause I'm no longer a slave to fear
God.